Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you guys are here. Like, you know, I was saying the weather's getting nice here, and I want to say hello to all of our online family as well. Thanks for joining us. As you know, livingmessiah.com is our website. There's a donate button, and we want to thank all those who, who do give. We so appreciate you and love you. And a thumbs up is always nice as well, too. So uh, let me open in prayer real quick, and then we'll go over some of the stuff about the mic, and then we'll get in the study. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are. Father, you are great and mighty, and there is none like you. Father, you are unique. And this Father, you are the only one that is trustworthy in his word. You keep your words, Father. Father, we thank you that you revealed yourself to us through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, we trust in the report that comes through about your son, Yahshua, the Messiah, your king. Father, we thank you for the redemption and forgiveness of sin that we find in him. And Father, today we come to understand and grow closer to you, understand uh, the words of your son and all those who who took that message out and followed you, Father. We thank you. Be with us today in this study. Amen. All right. So the usual, uh, as you know, um, there's two mics out there. Raise your hand if you have a question, comment. Uh, that mic will find its way to you. We ask just uh, be on the, uh, let's try to stay on the text and the subject that we're talking about so we all can learn together because that's the purpose uh, that's the purpose for all of us, and that includes me as well. Just because I'm up here, I'm learning from you guys as well. So, uh, as you guys know, we're in chapter 18 of Acts. Uh, real quick review. I think these are good because I know we're going little segments at a time to refresh ourselves. But uh, what we have here is Paul, the Apostle Paul. Um, we're following him as he goes along. Uh, he continues to uh, his uh, practice, and that practice was he would find the local synagogue. There he would uh, be uh, he'd be speaking the word of Elohim or the word of God, and how uh, at the same time how that one that Moses spoke about he was crucified in Jerusalem, and through his death, his resurrection, that's where. Uh, that's where all men, and I emphasize all men, can receive forgiveness of sin, okay? And what we find is some of the same issues that he uh, comes, uh, comes in contact with everywhere he go, and most likely you too, whether it be family or the outside world or whatever, all right? So, but remember... Um, Remember what we read earlier, as a, uh, earlier on in Acts, because I think that's the one thing that's so hard to do is when you're doing a study, or at least for me, doing a study like this in a group, we got to remember as we began in Acts, there was things being put forth, and we got to bring those things forward and forward and forward. And then when we get into chapter 18, maybe we forgot about some of those things that we should be bringing along. Uh, as far as part of the story, because it already was shared in the narrative, and it's not going to go away just because it doesn't say it again and again, okay? That's my reasoning. So one of the things is circumcision is of no value if the heart is not circumcised, right? If your heart isn't circumcised, physical circumcision really has no value except you, you marked your body. Okay, that was one of the things that we discussed as we went through. So the first thing is to ultimately obey the Father's commandments. Okay, that is then, I would say, that's the door to the Father's house. 
And that's the same that we saw in Abraham because Abraham obeyed the voice first and then he circumcised outside. That heart of obedience was there first and then the outside taking control and doing that and saying, yes, I will follow you and all you said. So the heart first, then the physical, so to speak. The physical only... Um, the physical only, let's say, doesn't grant you entrance into the family. Messiah talked about this. Paul even talks about this. So just because you're circumcised in the foreskin, all right, that's, that's not your entry, okay? If it is, there's more. So you better work on the heart too, right? So... I would say clearly Paul is saying that all mankind can receive life if they change their lifestyle to the Father's ways of righteousness. Okay? Paul's message is then again, all men are equal in the, in the family of Elohim, in the family of God. Jew or not, the plumb line is to trust the Father's ways to do the Father's ways, doing them in the faith in Messiah's mission then of the death and resurrection. You see how they all, to me, they come together. And that's important for us as we're reading Acts and Paul and what he's doing. This message is there when he's saying that he's going to the synagogues and speaking. This is what he's talking about, okay? There, I, I honestly believe that. This, this is, so what we have then... To keep in the context as we're looking at Paul, there's no change in the law of Moses, just some changes in the oral traditions and the laws of men. That is very important as well, too. So then all this is going on when it speaks about Paul reasoning and teaching in the congregation every Shabbat, every time that he went to. And he won over both Jew, okay, those who were Jewish, and the Greeks, those who were out of the nations, but were part of the synagogue and the faith of the, the God of Israel. Okay? But what that did is, but that usually causes many of the Jewish brethren to form a resistance group against their brother Paul. We see this continually everywhere Paul went. And we saw it with Messiah. Messiah's words, they seemed to divide the people, didn't they? So it seems like Paul's words understanding of the text is doing the same thing so this is my opinion that the cause was uh, the cause um, of the tr it was the cause of the traditions of men that Paul steered away from okay that caused a lot of friction and meaning it w he did not stray away from what was written that was given to Moses from Elohim Plus, another thing that we got to keep in mind. Paul spoke about the Messiah, but it wasn't in the traditional way that was understood, for it seems like, at the most time. Messiah wasn't this conquering king right now. He was a suffering servant. So that, like, you got that going on as well. Okay. So, and ultimately, so Saul, uh, Shaul, I would say in some ways, is presenting a Messiah as this suffering servant, serving, and this is what a true child of the living God looks like. And he did the example. Messiah was that example as well, too. So, I don't see that Paul is contradicting anything in the text, especially from Mount Sinai. Okay? Because remember, what were the scriptures that he would have taught from? You guys know. There was no New Testament at the time. It was only the Hebrew scriptures. Moses and the prophet. And some of the writing. Okay? So, what we're going to do is, then we're going to catch up with the Paul right here in 18. Let's begin where we left off with Paul's frustration with his Jewish brethren in Corinth. Okay? So that's where we'll start, and that's in 18.6. Uh, uh, Some of this we read, so we'll, last week we'll just kind of go through it real quick to start building up for 
more that's going on. However, when they resisted and blasphemed, he shook his garments, that being Paul, and said to them, your blood is upon your head, I'm clean. From now on, I shall go to the Gentiles or those out of the nations, those that maybe aren't Jewish, maybe those who don't know the, the God of the Most High, or those who are part of the synagogue who are not Jewish. So that, that's a big, big term that's going on there. And having left there, he came to the house of a certain man named Justice, who worshipped Elohim, whose house was next to the congregation. We spoke about that. And Crispus, that's an interesting name, Crispus. It sounds like some kind of English potato chip, Crispus, right? (laughs) Doesn't it? And Crispus, the ruler of the congregation, he did believe in the, ma- in the master being Yeshua and, and with his household. And many of the Corinth- Corinthians hearing believed and were immersed. So you had some who did, some who didn't. Paul won some, Paul couldn't convince some others. And then we talk, spoke about this term, let this blood be upon your head, I am clean from it. So I would say that, you know, Paul's saying, you know, you've been told. Remember, he's here at this particular place about a year and a half. So you've been told it's, on, it's your responsibility now. You got the information now. I, I have nothing more that I can do or say to you. This is what I believe Paul was saying in that statement. Okay, and we use, I showed you other places where that was. Then we, we talked a little bit about Crispus, this ruler. Okay, he lived right next door, so I'm sure there was Paul ended up being roommate there for a little bit, so that probably caused a little bit of friction every Shabbat as everyone came who didn't like Paul. He was out front and right there, right there in their face, right? But it's interesting. What I want to do is look at this. I think um, uh, 1 Corinthians, I'm going to, take some snippets from there we're going to travel there and why i'm doing that it seems like first corinthians is a letter that goes back to where paul was for a year and six months okay in the meantime too something that's interesting here and many of the corinthians hearing believed and they were immersed baptized depending on your translation right so we're going to look into being immersed and baptism like I was saying, Paul's letter to the assembly in Corinth, and that's 1 Corinthians, speaks about this issue of baptism and immersion. It seems like the book of 1 Corinthians is to this one and same assembly, as far as I can tell. Okay? I'm no great in-depth scholar on this, but it seems that's what it is, who he's writing to. All right? So. But keep in mind, we just saw what is here in in this synagogue. We had some who did believe and some didn't. And they still went to the same place, right? And Paul's writing a letter then to that assembly, not a separate assembly of believers outside that I can tell. He's writing it to that congregation who in some ways, is divided on how they believe and how they looked at the Messiah. So then it's made up of those who trusted Paul's message and those who didn't then. Is Paul writing uh, to an assembly that is then is both believing and unbelieving? So then if that is the case, then his letter would be then to those not who didn't believe, to those who were trusting in, in his message, the message of the Messiah. So that's where the, I would say the letter is going to when Paul writes. And to me, if I'm correct in my understanding, that sure changes the idea in my head that Paul's writing to an assembly of everyone who believed in the Messiah. I'm suggesting maybe he was writing to, a, to those who assembled in this assembly, and, the, and the, along with was some who did not believe, as we see. So 1 Corinthians uh, 1-2, if you want to go there. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 
it says this, and this backs, maybe backs up my thought process here. He says, to the assembly of Elohim, all of it, which is in Corinth, right? To those who are set apart in Messiah. See how he's talking specifically then to those who set apart in Messiah, those who trusted his message when he was there. Okay? Even if I'm wrong in my thought process on this, it doesn't affect the message. Okay? So let's, I want to say that ahead of time here. So he says, those who are set apart in Messiah Yeshua, called set apart ones, with all those calling on the name of Yahshua, Messiah, our master, in every place, theirs and ours. Now I'll bring this up to you. And he goes on. And I just think this is kind of interesting, knowing this is what he wrote back to those in that group. So it is about Acts, even though we're in, we're in 1 Corinthians. This is about where we're at in Acts. 1 Corinthians 1.9, Elohim is trustworthy by whom you were called into fellowship of his son, Yahshua Messiah, our master. Those who are believing in that message. And I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our master, Yahshua Messiah, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be knit together in the same mind and the same opinion. So this isn't those unbelievers. This is those who trusted that message of Messiah. He has an issue with them. He already said, I wipe my hands with those who believed. So he's focusing on those who did trust his message. He's continuing uh, his support, his edification, sanctification, or whatever it might be with those who did believe, right? For I have been informed concerning you, my brothers, by those of the house uh, Keol, uh, Keol, and there are strifes among you. Oh, wow. That's new, isn't it? <laughs> we don't get any of that around here or any in the Messianics or any, even in Christianity, right? Not a strife going on anywhere. But this is the part that I think is interesting. But what I mean is this, that each one of you says, I am of Shaul, Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Kepha, or I am of Messiah. Has the Messiah been divided, he says? Was Paul impaled for you? Was I impaled for you guys? Or were you immersed in the name of of Saul then he goes on I thank Elohim that I, I immersed not one of you except uh, Crispus and uh, Gallus okay that no one should say that I immersed into my own name now did also now I did also immerse uh, he, Stevens and in that household. But, you know, after that, I, I, I can't recall who else I immersed. So he's kind of going back and forth about this baptism. But then in um, verse 17 there, for Messiah did not send me to immerse. That's weird. But to bring the good news. Not with wisdom of words that the stake of Messiah should be nullified. For the word of the stake is indeed foolishness to those who are perishing. That might be those who really didn't want to believe. And it might be part of this, those who did believe, but now there's something going on between them. I'm of Paul. I'm of Peter. I'm of living Messiah. I'm not of son of David, or any other con Ah. And it's interesting here. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of Elohim. So basically he's saying, I didn't bring any of that. I'm telling you about the power of the Most High God here. And you're kind of going off in the weeds here, let's say. And to him... 
you are in Messiah Yeshua, who became for us wisdom. So Messiah is the wisdom here, not the wisdom of men or whatever's going on there, guys. He's the wisdom from Elohim. Righteousness, also set-apartness and redemption. That, as it has been written, Paul says. Paul's bringing out the Old Testament to correct everybody here. He's bringing out the Old Testament to correct. So basically he sums this up. Oh, what's going on? He who boasts, so if you're going to boast here, right, let him boast in Yahuwah. Let him boast in that. But it's interesting, Paul says, it has been written. Where has that been written? Actually, you'll find it in a couple of Psalms, but I found one place that I thought was really interesting because I think this is maybe where Paul was talking about. So, recap here. He's talking to those who are in Messiah, and there is this boasting going on. Paul's summing it up, whatever's going on. I'm in Paulo, so I'm Peter. You know, I'm a Peter. He was from Jerusalem. He was one of the first. <laughs> you know, I got in first, and you're kind of second. Right? So where is this written at? It's interesting. Let me bring up Jeremiah 9.23. Thus says Yahuwah, let not the wise boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty boast in his might, nor let the rich boast in his riches, but let him boast, boast of this, that he understands. This is the important part. This is what I believe Paul's trying to get for them to understand in some of this tiny little bickering. Yahweh says that he understands and knows me. That I am Yahuwah, the eternal one, self-existent. I can be anything and I have been anything for you. And I've shown you through my son. I know I'm adding here. Through my son, this example, you see that I'm doing kindness. I bring right ruling and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, declares Yahweh. So, in some ways, and if you want to look, uh, Psalms 32.2 speaks of it. Psalms 44.8. They say, um, my being makes his boast in Yahuwah. Let the humble hear and be glad. In Elohim we shall boast all day long. And praise your name forever says the psalmist. So, in some ways, you know, this is Old Testament, or I'm sorry, the New Testament, and that's back there in the Bible days. Those human beings are different than us. No, not at all, because some of the same issues we do have today. I would suggest you can clearly see the beginnings of denominations here. I'm of Peter, I'm of Apollos, right? And at the end of the day, those divisions, I would suggest, is dividing up Messiah in one way or another. And it's usually over petty little things. And it's usually about theologies and doctrines of men. And when you throw out the Torah, boy, you got a big field that you can have a heyday with. If you don't go back and double check, right? So that's my little gripe. 
But it's interesting, though, i got to admit, some of the things I see, my wife and I see, some of these denominations are really, really, really straying far. Okay? They're inviting drag queens and everything else into, into their house. Under this idea, that's the Messiah's love. And it's just, it's bizarre, but it's happening. Let not this, let us stay firm. Yes, those who want to change their lifestyle. But take a look at this. When they set up this, did they just invite anybody in? No, they set up some, okay, you want to join? Here's some standards first. Standards first before you are. Show us those fruit. Here, you cannot. If you honestly want to be part of our congregation, mister, take the dress off. If that's really what you want to do, but because our king has standards. He loves humanity, does he not? But he so much that not to stay that way. So we too have to be on guard continually. Okay? Because things like that can sneak in in various types of ways, not just what the, the world's doing, but within us. We have to be on guard, how we treat each other all the time. Okay? Because this... Uh, Let me see. Now, here's some other thing that I was pondering that I thought, because I, I came this avenue because of immersion or baptism. So I started thinking, cause, and Paul's bringing it out. Okay, you say you're baptized in the name of that, that person baptized in the name of me. But, hmm. Let's think back. And maybe this is a refresher, even for me in some ways. Baptism. What, what is it? What is immersion? After all, Messiah baptized no one. So you can't say that I'm baptizing Messiah. Unless you were there at the Jordan, he didn't baptize anybody. It's interesting, isn't it? But Messiah was baptized. And I know, yeah, for all righteousness he did. So what is, let's think about this. What's going on with this immersion thing? Oop, I got to go back. I skipped one. Because we know in the beginning of Acts, Acts 1, 4. In meeting with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me. Because John truly immersed in water, but you shall be immersed in the set-apart spirit not many days from now. So Yeshua, like I said, was immersed by John. He never baptized anyone. Okay, then what was the baptism of John? Because if John baptizes Messiah, go with me here. John baptized Messiah. That's what Messiah did, and we are to follow Messiah. So that means in some ways we've got to go back to that baptism. So we need to know, you know, 
Just because Messiah showed up doesn't mean John baptized and disappeared. It seems actually it becomes even more powerful because Messiah did it. You know, the bracelet, what would, <laughs> what would Jesus do? Well, he'd get baptized by John is what he would do, and that's what he did. Right? And that baptism is this. This is about John. This was spoken by the messenger over John the Baptist. And he shall go before him in the spirit of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. I would suggest to you the hearts of the fathers to the children is the patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That the children would go back to that heart that they had to hear the voice do it. And then it goes on. This is Luke 117. New Testament, okay, so you can't throw this one out. And the, the, and the disobedient to the insight of righteousness, to make ready a people prepared for Yahuwah, to show you the John's baptism was to show you where you're straying. He showed the people where they're straying, disobeying, but yet to show how to make a path ready for Yahshua? Yes, of course. But if we're going to be following Yahshua, we're following that same path that John set, right? Which is going back to the hearts of the Father, which is back to hearing the voice, doing what was said, and we can clearly see that was written at Mount Sinai for all to do. Luke 1, 7, uh, 1, 7, 6. And you shall, and your child shall be called a prophet of the Most High. Speaking about John. For you shall go before the face of Yahuwah to prepare his way. So whatever John's doing prepares the way. So Messiah, he's part of preparing the way. So Messiah did it. And if we're following Messiah, then... We should be preparing the way to give knowledge of deliverance to his people by the forgiveness of their sins through the tender compassion of Elohim, which the daybreak from on high has looked upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of shalom, wholeness and completeness. And the child grew up, became strong in spirit. So this Holy Spirit is associated with John obeying and doing. Maybe that's why Messiah was hanging out with John. Because that's where the Spirit was, or the Spirit said would be, right? Strong in spirit, and it was in the deserts until the, uh, until the day of the showing of himself Openly, openly to Israel. There's some powerful words there. So, oh, go ahead, Mark. Sorry. Again, a lot that you're saying is connecting into what we're going to talk about in the later study. So if... John's, one of those passages says that John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Mm -hmm. You cannot, in order to receive the word, you must destroy the house. You've got to repent and tear down what you've built so that the word can now come and the seed of Elohim can come and thrive, right? So if John's bringing the people's hearts back to the hearts of the forefathers, which was obedience and belief and faith in the word. The man asks Yeshua, the Jew asks Yeshua, he says, what, my, what must I have to, to, to obtain eternal life? What must I do? Yeshua didn't say, you must believe in me. He said, you must keep the commandments. And this is very important. It is very important. It's very important because I think sometimes we're separating who Yeshua is. He is the commandments. He is the word. He is the salvation of God. And... 
That's what the patriarchs believed in. They believed and had faith in the salvation of God. They believed and accepted the voice. Now, when they didn't, they had punishment. But where you're going is right on cue. And here we have John's proclaiming this. Yeshua's telling the man, just keep the commandments if you want eternal life. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. And by no means in, in this, I'm not trying to bring Messiah down. Okay, I'm just trying to show you, it's like if we think about it without some of these external theologies and ideas, if we just look at what Messiah said and what he did, I think some of those things you're going to have to grapple with some of these theologies or whatever, especially because we're talking about immersion here. All right, so you got a group that's saying, I'm immersed here, I'm immersed here. So, oh. Why are they? Why are they thinking that way? And ultimately, yeah, we saw Paul's pointing out. Okay, there's some boasting going on here, and whatever wisdom. So I would suggest in that wisdom that they're boasting on is from men, and not really from the Most High. And we all have to be on guard about that. And that's why. If you don't have somebody else when you're uh, looking at Scripture, have someone else be accountable with you. I have people that I go to. Listen, brother, I am. I got this going on here. It's my thought process as far as with your understanding of your studies. Am, am I out here or am I on the path still? Help. That's what we need. And there are those who come to me, of all people. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what we need. Okay? And maybe that's not what was going on here. Everyone separating in some ways. The who were in Messiah, by the way. And then 1 Corinthians 3, Paul goes on a little bit. I, I had to entertain this a little bit more with myself. And I, brothers was not able to speak to you as to uh, spiritual ones, but as to fleshly. Meaning, not the big commands and the ideas from the Most High, but more fleshy wisdom. Okay? As to babes and Messiah, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able. Wow. He's like, he's coming down on him, isn't he? I was there for a year and six months, guys. For you are still fleshy. You're still not getting it. For since there is envy and strife and divisions among you, this is those who are to be in Messiah, divisions among you, are you not? Worldly, <laughs> fleshy, right? And walking according to man's wisdom and ideas here? For one, for one says, I'm a, I follow Paul. I'm the apostle. I'm following the apostle Paul. And another, I'm up, uh, of Apollos. Are you not fleshy? Then he goes into this, really, what is Apollos? Seriously, guys, what is Apollos? And what is Paul? Who am I? But we are just servants whom we believe as master assigned to each. I plant, Apollos waters, but Elohim is the one. But Elohim was giving growth. So neither he who plants or he who waters and any at all but Elohim who brings the increase. And he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, or what he does. For, for we are fellow workers of Elohim. This is where we need to think about. We are fellow workers of Elohim. You are the field of Elohim the building of Elohim, according to the favor of Elohim, which was given to me as a wise 
master builder. So Paul's like, okay, let me give you some godly wisdom here. <laughs> right? But each one should uh, look how he builds on it. Meaning you have this, look with the rest of Scripture how we build on Messiah. For no one is able to lay another foundation except that which is laid, which is Yahshua Messiah. So everything that we gather in thought process, we build on Messiah. So that brings us back to that whole idea. Okay, if we're building on Messiah, Messiah got the baptism of John of repentance, which he didn't need to repent from anything, but to fulfill all righteousness because he's showed us that path. So that brings us right back to we have to know the hearts of the fathers in us, and the hearts of the Father was to know the Most High, obey his voice, and we know that voice spoke, and it was given to Moses at the mountain. So you can see where you can go with this very clearly. What foundation, how Messiah is that foundation. And I know I'm making it real simple, maybe too simplified there, but that's the, what we have to do. So you can see if you throw away the Old Testament, then you're left with this faulty messianic foundation, which Yahshua, our Messiah and our King, was never a part of, as he is very firm. Enough that I, sometimes I, I think about this. How come, how come he could be raised from the dead? I thought is, seems like he's the only one who obeyed and didn't disobey his father. So that means there's power in obedience, power in doing. And that makes it beautiful because Messiah has forgiveness of sins because we all need that. Oh, there's, there's a beautiful picture. So we can overcome Messiah because he has overcome. So we do what he did. He just, we don't come to our Messiah and say, well, you did it, we don't have to. No. He wants, he wants righteousness and goodness in us. So, so what we have is Messiah, Moses, Abraham, and ultimately, that foundation is listening to the voice and obeying. So, I don't want to go uh, any further here in Corinthians. It's just some of the thought process I had. So, uh, you should get a little feel of what Paul is addressing here. Okay? This is, I'm just setting forth what maybe Paul's dealing with amongst those who believe in Messiah. Okay? So let's go back to Acts. And the master spoke to Shaul in that night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak, and, and do not be silent, because I am with you, and no one shall attack you to do you evil, because I have much people. That's interesting. I have a lot of people in this city whether they're going to come to know or you have more people that actually trust in me and my Messiah than maybe you're aware of. Because he's not too well, is he? Everywhere he's going, division, and being chased out of town. So he remain, uh, So uh, Luke goes on and says, Paul, he remained a year and six months, teaching then the word of Yahuwah among them, which includes the good news and the word of God is the commandments and everything else. And then a galleon was pro-council uh, pro, pro of Archaea, sorry. The Udim with one mind rose up against Paul 
and brought him to the judgment seat, saying, this one does seduce men to worship Elohim contrary to the Torah. We spoke about that, and a lot of, I'll quickly say again, I think a lot of this accusations to Paul was, had to do with halakha, how to walk it out. And halakha, then this walk, it's a fusion of Elohim's Torah, his instructions, but it also has with it Jewish traditions and Jewish customs at the same time. So you got this word law, okay? You have to understand what law is being to- talked about. What instruction manual is in the New Testament when you see law, what it's talking about, okay? And I know that's gotten confusing for me, and it still does here and there, so I have to go back. So keep that in mind. And maybe that's why I think a lot of people misunderstand Paul. So Paul, he was not trampling the law of Moses. But he might have been trampling the, the Torah, the instructions of men in those traditions and theologies of the time. So it was not the law of Moses that was handed down. And I don't need to remind you, this is what Messiah walked. He walked that way. But I, side note here. Well, you know what? I want to, I can leave that. I want to get to this part. I think this is important. Right here. Think of this. Paul's been brought by these brethren to this secular judge. He's breaking the Torah, the, the law, okay? So they made that accusation. Paul is about to open his mouth, okay? But this secular judge said to the Udim who brought him there, if it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked, wicked recklessness, meaning anything that happened to do with the Roman law here, Oh, you deem, oh, you Jews, there would be reason I should hear you. So, basically, I can't see that Paul broke any Roman law here, so what's, what's your beef, right? But if it's a question of words and names and a law which among you see to it yourselves. I don't want nothing. He saw exactly what was going on this the secular judge here. I don't want nothing to do with whatever you you got this little religious squabble. Get out of here. For I do not wish to judge these matters. And he drove them away from the judgment seat. And all the Greeks uh, took uh, Sophus. I'm sorry, I don't know that how to pronounce that that well. Uh, the ruler, another leader in the congregation, they beat him before the judgment seat. But Gallo, Gallion showed no concern whatsoever. First, before I close, what I want to point out here. As Paul was ready to stand up and we see, I, I, I think it's fair to say, looking, Paul's not one that backs down from anybody, right? We see that the here and there. He wasn't, I'm going to tell you, right? Paul's ready to open his mouth here. And maybe this, this is something for us, I believe. And he's ready to speak because the master just did say this. In that hour, the Spirit will give you what to speak, remember? Luke 12:11 And when you when they bring you to the congreg- uh, congregations and the rulers and authorities do not worry about uh, how or what you should answer or what you should say for the set apart spirit shall teach you in that very hour what you should say I would suggest there's another avenue to take from that maybe be quiet <laughs> Sometimes maybe you don't need to say anything. 
Because real quickly here, maybe the Spirit will speak for you. And it seems like that's what happened here. Paul's ready to talk. Secular judge, no. Wow, Paul didn't have to say a thing. Wow, I think that's interesting. Maybe you don't have to say anything. This secular judge, he's not getting involved because Paul broke no law, no Roman law. No Roman law has been committed. He doesn't want any anything to do with it. It's an internal Jewish religious issue. So to sum up, and I'll close, there's no new religion here. Not for any not for another 50 years or so after the book of Acts was written, this idea that there was a difference between Judaism at the time and this sect, which we would call the way. The secular judge saw no difference. They saw one and the same. These are just believers in the God of Israel. I don't want nothing to do with it. Why that's important is if that's the viewpoint that was going on, no new church was born right here that was separate from the basic understandings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses in the commandments. John the Baptist who says, get baptized, come back to the commandments. And Messiah says, did he not get baptized? And he came right back to the commandments and teaches in the same. That is life. So, so there is no distinction at this time in history that there's two, because after all, Corinthians, like I, I'm there saying, and Paul's writing, they all were believers in the God of Israel. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are, there is none like you. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to your words. And Father, we can't do it without you and without your spirit. Father, we thank you and we believe the report of your son, Yahshua, our Messiah, our King, who's bringing us back to your ways. Father, the forgiveness of sin. Father, help us to become more in the image, that in the example that you gave us through your Son. That's our desire, Father. But we need your help, and we thank you for that companion that comes alongside us and will help us. Help us to be, hear that voice. Help us to act according to your ways. And at that time, thank you again, for, Father, for your love and your mercy. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you are here. And those online, thanks for joining us. We'll get back to this next week.